welcome to another episode of The Inquisitive Analyst. I'm your host, Marcus Udekang, and it's the show where we chat about business analysis and project management and the challenges and triumphs within those fields. It's inspiring, it's informative, and of course, it's very much inquisitive. My guest today is Senior Director for Project Portfolio Management, Business Development and Infrastructure at Global Schools Foundation. He's also worked as a commander in the Indian Navy. Please help me welcome to today's show, joining us from Singapore, Bharat Kumar Unukat. Welcome, Brad. Hi, hi, Marcus. Uh, how are you doing? Very well. Thanks a lot for getting me here. Oh, you're very much welcome. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you and very much an honor indeed. So I thought uh, because of your experience, it's actually very good because you've got a lot of in-depth experience in project management. So maybe you can start off by uh, telling us how you got started in project management. Okay, so uh, that's a very nice question. <laughs> uh, being in the military, you know, uh, we are doing some or the other projects always. And it was, I think, about uh, 2005 or so, uh, if I recollect it correctly, when I saw one of my colleagues holding a PM book, that is a project management book of knowledge from the PMI. And I was wondering what is that in his hand? And when I asked him, he mentioned that the same is the project management book of knowledge from PMI. It's a globally recognized institute in project management certifications. So I said, okay, we are doing project management every now and then, but there is no formal certifications that I had ever heard about. And I said, okay, fine, let me try to pursue that. And that is the time that I uh, become a member of uh, PMI and uh, did my PMP first, and thereafter each and every certifications that PMI had to offer. Amazing, yeah, I noticed you've got a lot of certifications, far more than a lot of people, which is, which is amazing, uh, quite an accomplished fellow. So let's talk a bit about the Global Schools Foundation. Can you tell me your role as Senior Director for Project Portfolio Management at Global Schools Foundation? What does that encompass? Okay, so Singapore headquartered Global Schools Foundation. Uh, it was born with a mission to cultivate and nurture the young minds into the global leaders of the future. It has established itself as an institution of high standards, of governance, balanced academic credentials, and well-administered management processes achieving international recognition uh, in the school education from 2002. We are almost 18, 19 years into this particular field. And we have more than uh, 25 international schools in eight countries right now, offering uh, international curriculum that is uh, international baccalaureate. We have the IGCSE that is Cambridge curriculum. And we also offer the Indian national CBSE curriculum. Uh, you will be uh, very happy to note that we have produced the world toppers. When I say world toppers, it's a world toppers in IB, in Cambridge, as well as oh. in the CBSC. And uh, that has been very, very encouraging. Ours is the only organization which have won uh, educational excellence awards. And I think we are the topmost in the whole world as far as the educational excellence awards is concerned. And that too from the recognized bodies like Institute of Directors or Asia Pacific region or the, uh, you can say Malaysian Prime Minister's Award or the India's Best Indian Merchant Chambers Award and you name it. Oh. Uh, my role as a Senior Director of Business Development and Project Portfolio Management is basically to ensure uh, that we do a right expansion 
uh, of the schools across the globe. We choose the right country, the right territory, the right city, and offer the right curriculum as such, depending upon the need and the paying capability of the local population. And how do we do that? Uh, you know that there are various ways of growing up, uh, whether it is organically or inorganically. And uh, during this particular pandemic times for the last uh, 12 to 14 months that we have seen across the globe, we thought that uh, acquisition is the right opportunity uh, for us in this particular times. So we are scouting for the operational running schools across the globe. And we are trying our level best to uh, have the right uh, acquisition targets. And my role is also to ensure that the risks related to any particular country or a particular city or a curriculum are well balanced and we do not put all the eggs in one particular basket. And this definitely requires, as you know, a lot of due diligence in terms of legal due diligence or whether commercial due diligence or the financial due diligence. And definitely we have a lot of consultants uh, across the globe who uh, help us out in addition to our well professional uh, team in the organization. Fascinating. So as senior director, essentially one of your roles is to identify those new markets, like you said, uh, new markets and opportunities to ex help expand that company's market share. So can you give us sort of some, maybe some uh, good detail about how you'd go about doing this, uh, getting those new markets and opportunities? Yeah, so Marcus, basically what we have is a very, very sound and a professional team uh, of business development managers uh, in the various territories uh, that we operate. Right now, uh, as I told you, we are headquartered out of Singapore and we have uh, schools in Malaysia, Japan, Thailand, Vietnam, uh, India, UAE, and uh, last we had uh, was in South Korea. Wow, nice. And uh, yeah, so uh, what has happened is we have the business managers in all these particular territories. And uh, we also work with real estate consultants. You name it, CBRE, JLL, Cushman, and a lot of other private consultants across the globe who help us scout the right opportunities, the right developers, because our model, if I go for the Greenfield project, is then uh, the asset light model. I do not want to go and buy the property. I just want to tie up and have a build to suit long-term uh, lease agreements with the developer. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So as a, as a project manager, what's, uh, what's involved in managing and training a business development team? So Marcus, uh, that's a very, very uh, fine question. And I would just like to uh, use whatever little bit of experience uh, that I have gathered over a, a couple of years here is basically, uh, I think teamwork and a strong and open communication is something which is very, very uh, important. Uh, we also need to ensure that there is a right motivation and confidence, which are very critical for any uh, project success and for the team members. And they definitely need to be supported uh, right from the top. And they need to be involved in every decision-making. Mm. Once we do that, then I'm sure we get a lot of uh, good results. They also need to be trained by personally coaching them. So uh, when the new business managers uh, join the organization, I ensure that I handhold them 
or a couple of ground deliberations that we have with various uh, property consultants and the developers across the globe. And the most important criteria I would say is good networking and uh, good networking with all this uh, outside world and also the negotiation skills. But ultimately it is all about negotiation skills and business development. And these are mandatory for any particular uh, business development uh, leader. And we also send our team uh, members to various uh, professional training institutes uh, of repute for the professional courses in this regard. Wow, amazing. Actually, I'm just curious, do you have, I can't remember if you said, do you have any, any uh, training facilities in China? Just out of curiosity. Uh, no, China, we did not uh, start. Uh, there are certain regulatory challenges, uh, but oh, we okay. are at it. And we are looking forward in case we get something suitable. Definitely, uh, we would love to go ahead. As I mentioned, I mean, I am not looking at the number or the quantity of schools. I am looking at the quality of the schools. Quality, that yeah. is paramount importance. Yeah, that makes sense. So what are some of the pitfalls when handling contracts and negotiations that you might experience? Hmm. Uh, I think in negotiation, yes, uh, as I mentioned, that's the most important factor as far as the business development is concerned. One has to be uh, very, very clear about what the goals are and we should never lo lose any sight of uh, the other counterparty. That is very important. We should never give up too easily and not take uh, your opponent uh, lightly. Uh, we need to do a very, very thorough background uh, and a cultural check on the opponent. That is most important because uh, what happens is once you do your homework properly and when you sit for the negotiation, that helps you a lot. Uh, planning and research can make all the difference, uh, you know, uh, to yeah. avoid any pitfalls. And uh, we need to be more foresighted, proactive, uh, diligent, Definitely, yes. These are certain uh, things, uh, pitfalls to avoid. And uh, we need to do our homework very much. Mm -hmm. So that is what I would say uh, some of the things about the negotiations part is concerned. About the contracts, again, very, very important. When we talk about the contracts, we should ensure that there is a smooth transition between various teams. Mm -hmm. What we normally observe, observe is basically, you know, uh, the teams handling the negotiations, the team doing the actual deal, the team which is writing down the contracts and the operational team, there is a lot of gap between them. So there should be a seamless transfer from one team to another and it should be monitored very, very closely so that there is no uh, sort of any problems going forward. We also need to very clear about our goals and expectations and also what are the resources that you have what are the technologies that you have and how you are going to use it effectively that is uh, mattering a lot any communication challenges any cultural challenges also need to be handled properly and uh, failing to monitor the key dates and other milestone dates can also be a problem so we need to look at that as well yeah, planning planning is definitely a major part of that, no doubt. So how, looking back at your, your training in the Indian Navy, how do you think your training really helps you prepare, help prepare you for the project management world? 
Oh, I think um, once you are in the military or any part of military, whether it's army, navy, or air force, I think uh, military prepares you uh, for the uh, outside civil world with open arms because whatever they teach you there, they make you mentally tough, they make you mm. psychologically, physically tough. Mm. And, and it's, I think it's very, very simple thereafter to come down to civil world, if I may say so. Uh, so while uh, translating uh, from military skills to the civilian uh, market, uh, it may require very fine tuning a little bit here and there, but the rewards that one gets are really worth the effort. Uh, most of the experiences that I can say uh, can be, uh, for example, the strategic vision that we talk about, the agility, the decision-making capability, the integrity, loyalty, do-or-die approach. I mean, we do not get any second chance. So once a project or any particular job is given to you by your senior in the military, you have to do it. There is no second thought about it. Yeah. You do it or you die. That's yeah. it. Uh, another thing, most important uh, parameter that I observed was transparency. You cannot, basically uh, military is like you are leading your men to death. And how you lead them, because they are going to follow you. Nobody joins military to say, okay, fine, I'm going to get a very good package. Ultimately, yeah. they all know what is what are you leading them up to. And you need to lead with a good strategic vision. And this particular, when you say strategic, it is an all holistic vision that a leader should have. Mm. And leadership is something which is inborn uh, in, in, in all the military leaders. And that helps uh, the commercial or the corporate world outside. Another very important thing, Marcus, that I observed was about the flexible communication skills. If you observe, a lot of military uh, officers are posted abroad in various uh, exigencies and they learn a lot of uh, foreign language uh, in addition to their own country uh, communication uh, languages. And this extra languages that they learn or the cultural background that they have because of their international exposure is very, very helpful to the corporate world, no doubt about it. Uh, also, uh, uh, we have, as a military veterans, uh, you can say that we are very used to the technological acumen and technological uh, advances that are there in the military. And you come across the latest technology there. So you are not found wanted when you join the corporate world. You are always ahead of the curve, if I may say so. Yeah, no, that's so these good. are very small things, but very, very important. And I'm sure a corporate world loves all that thing. Yeah, no, it's actually, it's amazing that you've been able to transition from the military to the civilian world because some, some people do find that a challenge. That's amazing, like the things that you've listed. So that's quite good. And what, uh, what do you think are some challenges when preparing and managing project budget plans? Uh, generalized way, if I may say so. Uh, the biggest challenge that I find is the right balance between budgeting too much or uh, budgeting too little. And where do you find the right balance? What is the purpose or what is the need of budgeting is something which is very important. Uh, if I talk about my uh, organization here, uh, 
see uh, when we are into international schools the schools need to start at the right time mm. the academic year starts at the right time whether it is in the month of april or the month of jan or month of august on the different curricula and you cannot afford to uh, have any delay in the construction or the project and towards that sometimes if you get delayed then the budget goes heavy especially at the last moments because if your school is not ready for opening and handing over to the operation team uh, in time for the admissions then you are only looking right. at the next academic year so you lose yeah. one academic academic year if you are delayed by even 10 days or 15 days unlike if i am building a mall or building any housing complex then even if it gets delayed by one month it does not matter yeah. so yeah. this is something which is the most important so we need to uh, ensure that how often do you want to do the budgeting that is very important plus what are the costs involved what is the time involved in doing this budgeting what are the resources do you have the right resources for that or can you offload it to the uh, any other uh, third party uh, the budgeting activities and whether really it is worth it or it is just an activity to be done just for the sake of doing it so all these things are very important but i think with the latest um, uh, latest technological advances and uh, the softwares that are there around the world it has become much more simpler now yeah yeah no that's that's incredible i always look at schools and universities and wonder how every single year those things are done on time you know for september and they're done on time for april just it blows my mind so if we yeah, if, you have to give time to the admissions people also for the admissions for the marketing because normally uh, when we start a school uh, probably you will require at least 3 to 4 months for the marketing team to market it around uh, yeah. the admissions team the parents would like to come and see your infrastructure see your technology how you are going to uh, teach the children the, what is the pedagogy everything and depending upon that the decision to take admission or not is taken so for that you need to ensure that your uh, school is ready well before time mm, that's amazing so what if you if you can add to that too what are some of the things that say project managers can do to improve efficiency oh plenty of things marcus uh, as far as the efficiency uh, is concerned i think there are a lot of scope uh, every time for everyone uh the project managers basically i think uh, they need to prioritize what uh, they want to do they need to schedule the day uh, in a proper manner they need to be more focused they need to reduce that distraction uh, that is very important otherwise we will keep on going and doing things which are not relevant to that particular project the most important thing uh, also is to delegate and not each and everything had to be done by the project manager himself or herself uh, normally we have this particular tendency no if i don't do it somebody else will not do it properly i think that is a wrong idea we need to develop our team we need to give them that particular confidence that yes you are doing well we need to always uh, boost that confidence by always praising them uh, also trying to do multitasking if poly, uh, po possible and also to uh, monitor progress uh, quite often you need to do uh, in between checks uh, sometimes to see how the things are going rather than sitting there every time uh, 
uh, as a supervisor uh, on the heads of your team members that is not required and uh, another thing is you need to uh, very very clearly set some realistic goals uh, the communication matrix the communication expectations have to be very very forthright and made absolutely clear from the very beginning uh, we also should be aware of the strength and weaknesses of our team and uh, who should be given what particular task so that he can do it much more efficiently rather than saying oh i like this person so i will give him this particular job rather than we should match the tasks to the abilities and capabilities of a team member also we should uh, time and again do some uh, team building exercises go out for an outing have a lunch together have a good working uh, environment i personally follow an open door policy anybody who wants to contact me can straight away come there is no appointment required or something and we should always incentivize our team members if they have done a good job praise them uh, for anything well that they have done that is very important and just be out of their way is something which i would follow don't keep on being uh, around them to guide them each and every way let them learn the hard way that is what i would say I can see the parallels of the military experience coming in. So, if I were to if I were to ask you, you know, any of your experience or virtues from the military that you want that you say we are great takeaways or great lessons learned, or that you can share with us, you know, things that we probably should should look at and and try and emulate. So, Marcus, a couple of things uh, I would let the secrets out, <laughs> let the cat out of the bag <laughs> would be uh, basically I would say that. the military people are veterans uh, they are very quick to adapt to the situations that is very important uh, they don't take 6 uh, months to 12 months to just get familiarized with the surroundings uh, probably every 12 months or 14 months i would have a transfer of job in the military and uh, if i would take 6 months to 12 months just to get familiarized with the surroundings or the job i think i would be kicked right. out of the military yeah. uh, very first day uh, so what happens is basically this ability to quickly adapt to the situation is something which is of paramount importance and is admired very very uh, greatly in the civil world another thing is the problem solving uh, mm. particular confidence if i may say so that the corporate world sees in you that you will beg borrow or steal as we talk in military you have to get this particular work done by hook or crook that is important another thing is that you act as a team member and teamwork is most important there is nothing like i did it it is we did it is something which is which is very very important in the military and if that can be imbibed in the corporate world nothing like it and another thing is ability to perform under pressure when you are at the borders when you are at the high seas or when you are at 40000 feet above the ground level in the airplane warplane uh, you are going out with a particular mission and uh, you are going there to perform that time no other thoughts come to you and you are performing under pressure sometimes they say that you perform better as a military veteran only under pressure if things are loose for you probably you will not be able yeah, to perform yeah. that 
Uh, another thing is technological skills, as I said, yes, because the latest technology is there in any military. You learn this particular skills and you adopt to that in the civil world. Effective communications, as I mentioned, integrity, self-sufficiency is something very important. You feel that you are self-sufficient and uh, you don't require all the goodies to you to perform anything. That is very important. Another thing is the financial responsibility. Uh, is very important. You take the full ownership of the financial responsibility. You are not used to any corruption. Uh, you see that how can I spend minimally to ensure that I get the best out of that particular resource. That is very important. Another thing is again leadership. Uh, as I mentioned, there are books and books on leadership, military leadership, how you can tackle with difficult team members and how you can cohesively build the team. That is very important. Amazing. I, I almost joined the, the Canadian Navy once many years ago. And I was in my early 30s. I applied and took my physical and I was told that I could, you know, I should pack my bags and go for training as an officer. And I had mm -hmm. just re just received a job two weeks prior, so I told him oh, I should have called me two weeks ago. But I always I always look back and think, you know, I, I would have been close to retirement by now. It would have been absolutely amazing. So it's great to talk to folks like you because I think uh, now I can dream I can dream vicariously by uh, by living through through your experiences. So that's good. How how looking back at your all the PMI certifications that you have, and you have many of them. I was thinking, how do you prepare for all, or how did you prepare for all those PMI certifications? Yeah, so the first certification that is the PMP that I took, I told you that I just saw that book, PM Bok, in one of the friend's hands. And then I went into finding out what is PMI all about. I did not have any clue about it. I went to see what are the various certifications that they have. Then I took the first step of PMP. You will not believe my, that one year uh, time period for uh, the exam was getting over and that was the last day I had to take the exam. I always felt that probably I have not prepared myself very, very well. But then I said, okay, let me go and give the exam. And I did come out with the flying colors. And then I said, oh, it's not that difficult. You need to know how to study about it or how to go about it because you are doing this job day in, day out. And there is nothing which is uh, strange. Only thing is you need to just correlate with what the PM Bok is telling you into your uh, actual world and uh, use it into day-to-day -day, uh, work. And that's how I began. Then I said, okay, why not to do uh, risk management because that is something which you are doing every project. You are also, the, at that time, the ACP, that is the Agile uh, certification from the project management was something which was new. So I said, okay, let me do that. And then came the PBA, that is the business analysis, then program management, portfolio management, and what have you. So then, and what is the way, how do I prepare for all these things in the busy schedule was very simple. My present job, especially in the corporate world, is involving uh, traveling to various countries. I fly a lot, uh, not for the last 12 to 14 months though, but uh, what I did was basically uh, used to read all this particular stuff in the flights. Because I used to spend most of the time at the airports or on the flights. 
I said, why to waste time just having a drink in the flight? Why not to go through it? So I used to just carry my iPad or the tablet and just go through that. And that helped me a lot. Plus, in addition, whatever time that I used to commute from home to work and work to home, I utilized that as well to uh, go through whatever I have learned at my workplace and then correlate it with whatever is there in the study guides. Amazing. That sounds like you're monitoring and controlling your time really well. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. So if, any, if anyone in the audience wants to get in touch with you, Commander uh, Bharat Kumar, how, how can they do that? So Marcus, very simple. Uh, I'm part of the projectmanagement.com. Uh, they can find me uh, in the headliners for the most connected uh, worldwide. You can see in the top three to four, uh, my name would be there. Uh, I am available on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message. Just uh, connect me on projectmanagement.com and I would be able uh, to render any help that is required. Uh, in fact, I have guided plenty of people for PMP, project uh, management, program management, portfolio management, any of the PMI certifications. Mm -hmm. And recently, like uh, after doing all this, I said, what next? PMI did not come up with any new certification. So I said, okay, now let me venture to PMO. Uh, mm -hmm. That's very important, project management office. So I built one here for my own organization and then uh, did this P3O and PMOCP certifications. It's very interesting. It's nothing to do about collecting certifications, but the most important is you learn new things. Idea is to learn new things, yeah. keep abreast of the changes that are happening rather than collecting certifications. Certifications can keep on coming as a piece of paper, but idea is to gain that knowledge what is happening around you. That's very important. That's amazing, fascinating. It's been a deep honor and a great experience listening to you. Thank you very much for joining us today. It's been absolutely fabulous. Pleasure is all mine, Marcus. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome and have yourself an absolutely great day in Singapore. Thank you. Okay, take care. Bye-bye.